the Live One Radio Podcast, sponsored by... For the listeners of this podcast today, I've got a 30-day free trial at audible.com. It's audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. We're offering a free audiobook download today and a free 30-day trial, and you can check out great novels like The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Also, one of my favorites, Divergent by Veronica Roth. Check it out today. It's your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. Again, audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. Live One Radio. Find the Live One Radio podcast online at liveoneradio.com. Okay, it's the Live One Radio podcast. You know, I was off a week or so. Uh, Quite honestly, I had to find another guest, and I got lucky literally this week because one of my good radio friends, Irish Dave, is going to join the podcast right now. Hey, Irish. Or Dave? Hey. Or which one? What what is your real first name, Dave? (laughs) And my real first name is Dave, and I am really from Ireland, so therefore Irish Dave. But my real name is Dave O'Connor. How Irish of me. But uh, first of all, I want to check. So basically what you're saying is you're scraping the barrel. You couldn't find anyone else, and that's why I'm on the podcast. (laughs) Awesome. Wow, I feel so special. Normally it takes a while for people to insult me. That will be a different conversation we'll have off the air. I'm not sure how well that's going to go. But no, seriously, sometimes, Dave, you know, you hit that that creative rut. You want to mix things up. And quite honestly, I had some had some guests that I could have put on, but I wanted something different uh, for this ep- episode number seven. Okay, sometimes you just get that that feeling where you're like, you know what? I just, I've got to do something different. And I felt like you were the guy that was going to change the direction of the podcast, at least for this episode. Wow, so- that's so funny. Yeah, that's different. That's how my girlfriend does describes me as well uh, when she started dating me she's like you're different and I'm like I don't know if that's an insult or not like it's really one of those things but you know once you've had Lori Lori Lewis on your podcast I mean you never want anyone else again like she's the pinnacle so really it's just down from there but now it, it is great to be here and I moved to the United States about two and a half years ago now yeah. and when I first arrived here I was in Nebraska for a time but really where I made my home until recently was in South Bend Indiana and until I moved to the United States I had never heard of the Fighting Irish I didn't know what, what? Notre Dame was and I know you're a fan right you're a fan of Notre oh. Dame I am like the biggest Notre Dame fan in Boise. Let's put it that way. <laughs> really, uh, and there's plenty of them around the country. It's yes. amazing how much of an impact the college has made, the university has made. It's, and for me, I, so I, I saw the job advert looking for a program director and a morning show host in the home of the Fighting Irish, and I went, what's this? So I had a look at it, and I went, Notre Dame? Because I wouldn't even pronounce Notre Dame Notre Dame normally. I would have said Notre Dame because that's how I would have been so familiar with it being in Paris and France. Yeah, and uh, and it was a great fit for me. I was there for two years, and I did mornings there. And just recently, uh, I moved down to Kansas City. So it, it's a, it's been a roller coaster, but I, I really feel like I'm going to settle here for a while. Well, I'll sell this for you right now. I am not insulting you. Believe me, I would love to be at your level. I mean, you've got a great following on Facebook and Twitter, so I've got some social media envy. Trust me. Uh, and uh, you know, before you came to America, you know, you and I have talked before. You've had a pretty, really, actually, greatly successful career in Ireland. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I did a morning show in Ireland on a, on a radio station that was a startup. It only started in two thousand and seven, and it just went from like nothing 
to being this huge product. And originally it was just a regional station in one area. And then it transferred over to another region. And actually my morning show became the first show in Ireland that was syndicated live because syndication in Irish radio was not allowed. And Interesting. it's funny because, yeah, it, it was kind of, and this isn't a dig at American radio. It's obviously bigger here, but in Ireland, syndication was not allowed because it was seen as it was kind of getting rid of jobs for people in the industry. So it was very much protected that you were not allowed to indicate any show. And my show was the first ever successful application that was allowed to be simulcast basically across two networks. And that's what we did. And all of a sudden the show just became, it became really big. But for me, the issue was I have this, I don't know whether it's an obsession, but I, I have something built inside of me that if something isn't getting, isn't progressing, I feel like I'm not going anywhere. Even if even if other people see it as you being at the top, if I feel like it's kind of staying, standing still and going nowhere, I feel like I have to make a change. I get so bored. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened to me in Ireland. I was riding the wave of, of success for about three years. I was up there and I kind of went, okay, what do I do now? And I decided one day to leave and I, I left the country. <laughs> so, huh. um, yeah, and, so and were that's you, what I did. So, so were you like the Ryan Seacrest of Ireland for a short period of time? I think the only thing I have in common with Ryan Seacrest is that I'm also five foot eight. Uh, that's, 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 that's probably the only thing I have in common. Uh, no, I definitely was not the Ryan Seacrest. Uh, I was more like the uh, who's really underpaid here in America on radio. Oh, everybody. Uh, no, I was more like that. But I, I wouldn't say the Ryan Seacrest. I did have a lot of success with awards and stuff like that. But yeah. honestly, I actually never took any joy out of winning awards. I, I don't know why. I just I find them obnoxious, to be honest with well, you. What and I mean, what I mean by the Ryan Seacrest comment. I mean, I was kind of having a little fun with it, but seriously, you mentioned, you know, you, you hit up, you, you kind of, you know, you're so successful, you kind of plateau. I understand that feeling. I've had that as well. Uh, that's why I came to Boise, kind of plateaued in the Midwest. I'm like, I need to go somewhere new, try something different. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why Ryan Seacrest has so many jobs in radio. I don't, I don't think he has an ego, really. I don't. I think it's because he gets so bored with what he's doing. <laughs> He's got to do two other jobs to kind of keep his ambition going. Well, I, I've always admired Ryan Seacrest. You know, you'll always have these, like, people drinking that haterade, uh, talking smack about him. But uh, I, I actually think he's wonderful. I think he's really kept true to radio, and he's really been a great ambassador for radio. Yes. And no matter what he's done in TV, he's never moved away from radio. He's always loved it. And I've always admired that because he's just he's just a good ambassador for radio. He's a good guy. He does well. He's a clean-cut guy. And 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 more people on radio should be like him. And uh, but for me, I get bored so easily. And uh, but recently, I decided to follow my heart, not for radio purposes, but actually because uh, for, for love. I decided to move for love, Rick. So that's what I did. The American love bug bit you. <laughs> Oh, it bit me real hard in the backside. Like, really, it took a chunk out of yeah. me. That's how hard it bit me. Yeah. So so what's her name? Tell tell us about her. I mean, tell us what you want about her, obviously. And uh, well, I'll, I'll where, where did you, you move to? you want to know. I moved to Kansas City, and her name is Christine. And Christine is a radio, or sorry, a TV anchor and reporter down here in Kansas City. And so she gets it. She understands the kind of popularity aspect of what we do, because sometimes on every radio host, will tell you that sometimes we've dated people who don't get why people are always talking to us on Facebook or all 
always talking to us on Twitter or people who will just randomly send us a Snapchat. Sometimes you date people who don't understand that and it's very easy for them to get jealous and I'm not like talking down on them. I understand why they would feel that way because it's very hard to grasp. But now that I'm dating someone who also gets that kind of attention, it makes life so much easier because they understand that it's just interacting with your fans. It's not flirting or it's not anything inappropriate. It's just you know, looking after people who basically are your customers and and she gets it. So now she's a wonderful person. She got a job down here in Kansas City and she graduated from Mizzou. So she always wanted to move down here. And I lasted about six weeks without her and I was miserable. And I realized that I thought I was moving here for the American dream being a job. But actually, I think my American dream has actually turned out to be her. So oh, that's that's awesome. It's very yeah. rare that that happens for anybody. So good for you, man. So yeah. you, you left U93. What's it been like? And no, it's only it's, it's only been a week uh, since I officially left and, and actually okay. I'm still wi- I'm still employed by U93 I'm actually working for them uh, I'm still in charge of their brand and their imaging uh, so that's something that I'm still doing for them because I had such a great relationship while I was there that I didn't want to let go of that relationship so we're still working together on a daily basis and doing consulting on their imaging and branding and also producing it for them as well so it, it, it actually is great. I really hope I have a lifetime friendship with the owners because they've been nothing short of amazing with me. So, And uh, hopefully I've been good for them too. How is Kansas City different than South Bend, Indiana? Ooh, we don't have lake effect snow. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that is the joy. You know, lake effect snow only happens in a couple of places in the world. And South Bend, Indiana happens to be one of them. Oh, yeah. You literally could have sunshine one minute and then 10 minutes later, there's a blizzard. It's the most unusual weather I've ever experienced in my life. Okay. And it's different in that way. I, I, look, I'm a city slicker. I'm from Dublin in Ireland. So I like the bigger city vibe. I love living in places where there's always something going on. Um, and that, that's kind of my vibe. I like that bigger city vibe. And uh, But again, I've only been here a week. I love the fact that I'm now living in a complex that has a gym because I've no excuses for moving my fat ass and getting it <laughs> and actually going to the gym now every day without fail. And uh, my girlfriend being on TV feels the pressure more. So she forces me to go to the gym with her. So it's a win-win situation. I'm going to have to nickname you Irish Dave Biff. Because you better be in shape, man. You better you better get that stuff done. <laughs> Dude, I'm looking at some radio stations now across America and I feel like I feel like the phrase face for radio is is, is going away now because yeah. I, I feel like there's so many good looking people on radio now. I'm like, what's going on? And you know, I don't mean this in a sexist manner, but there's you know, one thing I've I've enjoyed about our industry the last I'd say decade is there are a lot of women who are rising to the top and oh. they're they're not bad to look at. I and I mean that in a very polite way. <laughs> But, you know, it is a branding and an image industry now. Wouldn't you agree with that? Um, I definitely think so. And I, I think it's becoming a little bit vain like TV is. And I, I think the reason it is is because radio is so – it crosses so many mediums now. It's no longer just about radio. I mean, everywhere I went in South Bend, Indiana, I got stopped all the time from people because they just knew who you were. And and and. People know you now. They look at your Facebook. They look at your Snapchat. They, you know, local TV channels always interview you for stuff. And you're you're out there now. So I think image is important. But I think, unfortunately, when we base too much on look, um, you're not necessarily always hiring the best people. And it's 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 shallow. But it kind of is the American way. And and you know, I remember one of my exes, uh, her mom, who's American, said to me one time. 
when are you going to get your teeth fixed? And I said, well, they're not broken, you know? And she said, yeah, but they, they, they could be nicer. They could be nicer. And she said, you're not going to succeed in the entertainment industry in this country if you don't go and get new teeth. Well, I guess I'm, I'm not going to succeed either then. I went, whoa, what's going on? I said, and, yeah. and, and then uh, I, I said to her, I said, you believe in God, right? And she said, yeah. I said, well, God gave me these. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I just, so yeah, I, I, but I won't give in to those kind of pressures. I am me. I will continue to be me. And if I'm successful being myself, good. If people don't like it, I'm not going to change. I've gotten to a point in my life where I've realized I am who I am. And I always strive to be the best version of myself. But I'm not going to pretend to be anyone else for anybody. I don't care. So I've got Irish Dave or Dave O'Connor. That's his God-given name. Uh, on the Live One Radio <laughs> podcast. We'll be back in just a few moments. The Live One Radio Podcast, brought to you by Squatty Potty. Pooping will never be the same. You heard it right. Pooping will never be the same. I kind of chuckle when I say that, but the Squatty Potty Toilet Stool has been featured on Shark Tank and the Dr. Oz Show and has thousands of happy customers. The modern-day toilet is convenient but has one major fault. It requires us to sit. While sitting to do your business, you may be considered a civilized human being, but studies show natural squat position improves our ability to eliminate. Using a squatty potty toilet stool can help you with straining issues such as hemorrhoids, pelvic organ prolapse, constipation, bloating, and irritable bowel syndrome. It's a great healthy solution and right now available to listeners of the Live One Radio podcast. We've got free shipping on orders of $20 or more. Learn more now by going to onairwithrick.com click on the squatty potty banner to get started to better colon health. Live One Radio. Find the Live One Radio podcast available on iTunes Tune in radio and Google Play Podcasts. Okay, we're back on the Live One Radio Podcast. Irish Dave, one of my favorite radio people in the entire world, literally. International <laughs> Dave is what I'm gonna call him, joins me on the Live One Radio Podcast. Now, the first segment of our podcast, you said something that was really interesting to me. You were talking about how you weren't allowed to syndicate stuff in Ireland when you were doing radio there. So outside looking in, now that you've been in American radio for you know a, a while. Outside looking in, what do you feel like needs to change about our industry or how it needs to evolve in the next 10 or 20 years? Oh, how brutally honest do you want me to be? I want you to be brutally honest because a lot of radio people are going to be listening to this, quite frankly. I, I, I think it needs to be said. Sometimes I listen to the people who are like the cream of the crop and I really hope I never rise to where they are um, because uh, that sounds harsh, actually. Can you take that out? <laughs> <laughs> where do I want it to go? I feel that there needs to be more encouragement of people to show their personalities. Okay. Um, radio is very much, a, it's a very close medium to its audience. And I feel like a little bit, some people in radio don't have the courage or don't have the confidence, or indeed they're not trained in a way that allows them to try and connect with the audience. I hear a lot of people talking at people and not actually talking to people. And it's almost like we've forgotten that the most important thing about radio is making a connection with the audience. And of course, it's important to have the right music depending on the genre of the station. It's important to have great promotions. But what is all that without having hosts? Yeah. And we need hosts. And, and think about it. We call shows a show, but does everyone always put on a show? I mean... I agree with you there, 100%. You know, one of my pet peeves, I've been a program director. You've obviously been one as well. And one of my pet 
pieces when you get a newbie in and what they taught them in school that they went to radio for, it's not even close to how it actually is. I think that's one problem we have is talent development. Um, yeah, but but that also lies with the program directors because you see, yeah. you've got too many program directors who are afraid to rock the boat as well. And there's, there's so many different elements to it. Like, you know, I've talked, I'm really good friends with a senior program director in one of the top three markets. And he's also said to me things like, a lot of radio stations would be afraid to take a chance on me, for example, as an Irish person. Because if I succeed as me on their radio station, how do they replace me if I ever move? And because it's so hard to replace somebody with an Irish person. So I feel like there's very much a, there's very much a culture of, let's keep everybody in this little box. So if they leave or if we need to replace them, nobody's really going to notice. And I don't like that. I just don't like that. And I feel like in, in a lot of the bigger markets, it's almost like program directors, the last thing they do is talent coach. And talent coaching just doesn't seem to be a big part of a lot of programmers' jobs anymore. And when I went to South Bend and I started air-checking people and doing weekly uh, talent coaching with people, they were almost shocked that I was doing it. And for me, coaching your talent and giving them weekly targets to always improve is the most important thing as you're, uh, as a program director. Well, yeah, you're holding that talent accountable to something. And I but feel you're like... You're also encouraging them. Yes. It's, it's, not even, yeah. it's not even all just... It, it, it's not even from a negative point of view. It's also, hey, do you know when you did that that was amazing we need to do more of that and sometimes talent don't realize that they've hit on something that was amazing unless you sit down and you actually go through it with them but accountability is the key to everything people always ask why would you go to Weight Watchers right I went to Weight Watchers and lost 70 pounds um, when I was in Ireland okay and people used to say to me why did you go to Weight Watchers every week why would you pay 10 bucks to just go and stand on a weighing scale and as you pointed out it's all about accountability yeah. and it's about having somewhere to go to know that you're accountable for your actions for the week beforehand and radio should be the same and radio they need somewhere to go for accountability so that every week they strive to be better because we're all egotistical we all we all want to please we all want to please our audience and we all want to get better and we want to get better ratings the best way to do that is accountability and weekly air checks and if you're a program director and you're not air checking your staff and by the way i don't care if you're in new york or if you're in Wichita, Kansas, you need to air check your talent and nobody is above air checking. And if they are, then they shouldn't be in the game anymore. Get this. My first 10 years in radio never got air checked. Not once. Crazy. Um, and is it, I wonder, is it because programmers are lazy or is it actually because they don't know how to air check themselves? Well, you know, in some of their defenses, some were, a couple were lazy. I won't name names, but most of them that I worked for were just so busy. I mean, you know how it is. You, if you work for a small company or even a big company, you have a lot of stuff to do. I mean, they want you to do the jobs of three people. So I don't want to make excuses, but at the same time, I've been in those shoes. I understand. What I used to do, I actually used to get air checked by somebody I didn't work for. His name was Mark Baker in Evansville, Indiana. He's he's passed away. God rest his soul. Um, But Mark Baker ran WIKY for, I think, like 20 years. He was number one, and he was number one by a, a by a big, big, long lead for quite quite a long time. And the reason I would send my air checks to Mark Baker because Mark would always give me one thing I needed to work on and one thing I was doing well. Yeah, and it was like he never said the same thing twice either. Um, so those first ten years, I relied on Mark Baker to do my air checks. He did them for free too. It was great. Um, and, and you know, and I do air checks for people um, all the time, and it's. 
it's crazy for me that these people are working in establishments. And, you know, I get it. Like, I was the group program director over three radio stations in South Bend. And I get how busy it can be. I also produced all the imaging for all three radio stations. So I get it. But what good is any of it if your talent are not performing? Exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I get that you're busy. But, you know, should your priorities really, you know, you need to get them straight. Um, if you... If you really care about the job and you truly care about getting the best products, and yeah, some things might have to wait, or maybe you need to learn to delegate better so you can get some of the other things taken care of. And I get it. There is a culture of, hey, everyone needs to do 20 different jobs, but you need to understand what's important about being a programmer and what's important is making sure that your staff are happy and that they're performing well on air. And, you know, one of the greatest tips I believe I give to people is that every time you open the microphone, you must ask a question. Mm -hmm. And I've had people tell me that this is excessive, but it's not. Because if you do not ask your audience a question, you're not talking to them. You're not going to know what they want either. But but you're not talking to them. You're literally talking to yourself in a dark room with no windows into a mic if you don't ask a question. And it can be very subtle. It can be, hey, you're wondering what to wear today? Your weather forecast is on the way next. It doesn't have to be a big, long-winded topic question. It just has to be... You know, hey, happy it's Friday. You know, on the way, we've got whatever coming up. Like, you know, but every time you have to ask a question, because otherwise you're not talking to them. But I absolutely, air checking was my favorite part of the job. And the best part that I always loved is that I would always let the talent tell me first what they felt they should change in the break. And you know what? They always knew what they needed to do better themselves. Mm -hmm. And they always knew, but as a programmer, I had the experience to give them the solution. And that was where I came in. It was not my job to point out their flaws. I allowed them to point them out, but it was up to me to come up with the solutions with them. And that was the way I always looked at air checking. And everyone always left the room feeling like, I can't wait to get back on air again. And for me, that was the greatest joy for me was knowing I was able to air check people in that manner because I've been air checked in ways that made me feel like I never wanted to work on radio again. Okay, we've got uh, Irish Dave on the Live One Radio podcast. We'll be right back. Live One Radio. The Live One Radio podcast, sponsored by... For the listeners of this podcast today, I've got a 30-day free trial at audible.com. It's audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels. We're offering a free audiobook download today and a free 30-day trial. And you can check out great novels like The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Also, one of my favorites, Divergent by Veronica Roth. Check it out today. It's your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Rick Daniels again audibletrial.com forward slash Rick Daniels live one radio okay we're back on the live one radio podcast Irish Dave O'Connor in the house what's up hey hey so Dave I'm gonna ask you a two-part question first one's cool. easy um how long have you been in radio I've been in radio since I was 15 years old uh and I'm 33 now so that's 18 years. Oh, holy moly. Wow, we That's have that in common. Time. I started at, at the age of 15 as well. Uh, this is my 22nd year. Wow, isn't it crazy to think we've got that much experience in radio and we're still this bad? So, you know, <laughs> for, from what I know about you, you've done a lot of great stuff throughout your career. Is there something you wish you would have done by now? Ooh, is there something I wish? Um, I guess for me, sometimes I feel a little bit of anxiety about wanting to always do better. And for me, I would love 
to be on a syndicated show in the United States. Then again, who wouldn't love to be on a syndicated show in the United States, right? Um, but for me, I love Kansas City where I am right now. For me, my dream would really be to get onto radio in Chicago someday and be there for the rest of my life. Like, Chicago is my dream market, and if I could ever get there. So that's something I really wish I could do is, is get on air in Chicago or, or be syndicated. But again, I think that's 95% of people's uh, dreams, right? Well, I grew up most of my life near Chicago, so uh, I know it a little bit. Uh, why Chicago? T- tell me why. Originally, before I moved to the United States, I always thought New York was the dream. And since moving to the United States, I've been to Chicago a lot. And my girlfriend, Christine, is from Chicago. And I absolutely love that city. I love it because it's, it has the big feel, but it doesn't have the overwhelming feel like Manhattan does, where you feel like you can never get out of it. Chicago feels like it feels very homely and it feels like a great place to raise families. Like some of the suburbs there are absolutely beautiful. The city itself is really great. And then having Lake Michigan there is just so picturesque. I feel like it's just one of those cities where you have the best of all worlds and there's direct flights home to Dublin as well. <laughs> okay. So what's next for you in Kansas City? What, what are you going to do now that you're not at U93 anymore? Well, I have my own studio that I have at home. Uh, I currently host a daily morning show that broadcasts in Miami, Florida. So I do that every day. Um, I also have a daily radio show that broadcasts to a market in Asia uh, on an English-speaking radio station. Um, I still do production and uh, branding for the U93 cluster of radio stations. And I am in talks with a couple of stations here in Kansas City, but right now I'm just kind of, I'm just enjoying not waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go to work right now. And yeah. I've been on morning radio for the last seven years, and it really takes a toll on your body after a while. Yeah. And I'm just looking forward to sleeping and exercising and living healthier because I feel like morning radio has kind of really, it's really knocked me down physically. I feel like it's put me in a, a bad way because the hardest part about being a morning radio host isn't just getting up early in the morning. It's trying to force yourself to go to bed early in the evening. That's the hardest part for me, especially yeah. in the summer. It's just torture. I um, did so, I did a morning show for just a year, and it took me about a year to get back to normal with my sleep. <laughs> yeah. It, it never gets easier, uh, really. <laughs> like Truth be told, it doesn't really get that easier. And, of course, a lot of the big shows, and it's kind of funny because in our industry – we strive to get to a morning show, right? But, of course, since PPM has come out in all the big markets, PPM has shown that the workday audience and the afternoon drive audience is actually financially um, better for radio stations. So a lot of the emphasis is starting to switch a little bit from morning drive not being the be-all and end-all. It's still very important, don't get me wrong, and it's still very important to start off your day on a radio station with huge success. But being on the workday or being on the afternoon drive, really, your numbers are just as big there. So all I ask is that I hope my next morning radio show doesn't start until the afternoon. <laughs> you, know that, you know, Chicago has a big Irish heritage. Uh, you could easily do a show there and I think relate to people. What do you think about that? All I have to do is try and convince them. You know, maybe if a B96 or someone is listening right now, 
uh, maybe uh, they could uh, they could hire me. But no, it's it has a huge Irish history. And look, the thing again that I'm coming up against all the time is people are almost afraid to take a chance on something they haven't had before. And I totally get it. I'm a programmer. I understand it. But, you know, for me, having an Irish accent, it's nothing more than a big, flashy, open sign on a restaurant. <laughs> it kind of grabs people's attention to get them in. Yeah. But what keeps them in is when I work hard and I show my personality and I do all I can to connect with the audience. So sometimes programmers are afraid of the Irish accent because they just don't know how people are going to react to it. Yeah. Um, but really, after a while, people forget that I even have an accent. I mean, when you watch Simon Cowell on TV now, you really even hear his accent anymore. Like, you don't really think about that anymore. You just think about what he's saying. Yeah, I, I agree. It's He's kind of been normalized for me. He's been on TV in America so long. It's, uh, yeah. you really That's don't notice it. With radio. That's what happens with ra- radio when I'm on, is that people don't, it's, it's for me, it's almost like a, it's an it's an added charm to your personality. It's not all your personality. Yeah. So, so, uh, so. let's let's talk about something non radio for a little bit. What's uh, what is on your bucket list right now, right this minute that you haven't done yet? Oh, and propose to my girlfriend. Snap. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's I've a big one. Like th- I've talked about her three times already. I'm really whipped. I'm really whipped. Hey, there's and- nothing wrong with that though. No, as long as you're whipped by the right person. So it, um, let's think about let's think about things. You know, let's say you propose, and that probably will happen the way it's, it sounds right now. Uh, if if you two could go anywhere together uh, on your bucket list, where would it be and why? Well, we're both very interested, uh, believe it or not, in visiting Alaska. I I have this thing about wanting to see Alaska, and and it was funny. I was I was saying it to her one day. She's like, "That's so weird. I've always wanted to see Alaska." So we we would both like to go up there. And we're also hoping this year, one of the things, when you're an immigrant and you're living away from home, you often use all your vacation time to go home to see your family in Ireland. <laughs> but this year I've decided I need like a sun vacation. So I want to go south somewhere, maybe like the Dominican Republic. I think there's a place called Punta Cana. Yep. And I was looking at it. I'd like to go there. But overall, yeah, I'd like to go north to the snow to Alaska or down south to Dominican Republic, there's two places I would truly love to see, and I'm not really sure why. I just do. I just, uh, I've always something about Alaska. I think it's beautiful. You're gonna think I'm crazy, but I've actually drove to Alaska and where <laughs> uh, from Indiana. Uh, why? Uh, well, I have an aunt that lives in, uh, and, and actually, I was gonna recommend this place to you. Ketchikan, Alaska, is a big tourist spot there. They've got. Uh, well, the town is a tourist attraction and they've got, you know, the Alaskan cruises up there. But my brother and I wanted to take a vacation and we hadn't seen our aunt in like 12 years at at that point in time. So we drove uh, from from, uh, Evansville, Indiana to Winnipeg, Canada. And that's back when they had NAFTA, when you you could just cross with a driver's license. Now you have to have a passport. Um, And then we drove from Winnipeg down Canada 1 all the way to Prince Rupert, British Columbia. It took us six days. Wow. But I'm telling you, it was the most gorgeous trip we had ever been on. Everything in Canada is awesome. Um, Yeah, I've been to Canada three times, and and, uh, it's a really beautiful country, and Mm -hmm. people are super nice. But, you know, one thing I've been impressed since I moved to the United States, and I think it definitely is a Midwest trait, is that people are super friendly. I can't get over how nice and how supportive people in the United States are. And 
it's down to my total ignorance because I'd only ever really been to the East Coast to like New York and Philadelphia and Boston before uh, moving to the United States. But people overwhelm me here with their generosity. It's actually crazy. You know, they say that I think the U.S. is the most generous country in the world or something like that. I can't. I, I don't know what to reference that with. I've just heard a, a pastor friend of mine talk about that. Um, but especially in Indiana, you know, we have that saying, who's your hospitality? You didn't hear that yeah. while you were there? <laughs> I did. I also saw something that said, who's your daddy uh, as yeah. well. So, so there's a lot of who's your references, some of them more poignant than others. Um, but no, there is a lot of hospitality there and, and everywhere. I, I just, when American people, and that's, that's something that I've always kind of, I've always supported the United States for the simple fact that when I got to know ordinary, decent Americans, I just felt like, wow, what a group of people. I've never met people who are genuinely so nice. And Irish people are known for their hospitality, too. But I would even say Americans are even up there uh, uh, further, even even better on the hospitality um, state, uh, on, on the ratings there. And it's just it's just something that really has always shocked me. And it, I don't know why it shocked me. And I hate that it shocked me, but it, it did. And I, I reap the rewards of it on a daily basis. And I love it. Yeah. So uh, maybe elaborate on that a little bit. How is, how is, how is it different here than it is in Ireland? In regard, only, sorry, go the ahead. The only thing here that kind of drives me crazy that's different to Ireland is that people here are always talking about politics, <laughs> always having... Oh, dude, it drives me insane after a while. It's like, you know, I kind of feel like politics is kind of like when you're on a diet and you decide to eat a cheat meal at 2 a.m. in the morning on a Friday night. It's like, it's just better to tell nobody. I feel like that's the way it is here with politics. It's just better to not talk about it because it just, it drives me crazy. Everywhere you look on the news now, everything is about the president the whole time. In Ireland, we tend to take life a little bit easier. We don't necessarily pledge an allegiance to one side or the other. We kind of take each election as it comes. So in Ireland, we're not necessarily like Democrats for life or Republicans for life. We kind of judge each election on who the people are more so than their party. So their party doesn't play as big a part in Ireland as it does here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I feel like, I don't want to elaborate on this too much because I avoid politics too, but I feel like this last election, America did kind of take that shift where they were judging on the person more than the party. I really believe that. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah. our culture is not used to that. <laughs> so I know, yeah. It's more it made it really toxic, you know? Yeah, it, it was horrible, man. It really was horrible. And, and, you know, look, for me, it's simple. Like, Donald Trump is the president now. Yep. And... You do not have to agree with everything that he does, but I believe fundamentally you need to support him because he is the president and what he does will affect all of these great ordinary Americans that I've been talking about. And I heard a great kind of quote, which was, you know, willing your president to fail is kind of like willing your pilot to crash the plane. Hmm. And I thought that was a really good analogy from that point of view. I don't agree with everything Donald Trump says or does. But I absolutely support the office of the president because I am pro-American and I believe that he was voted in fair and square. And you have to kind of you have to support that because I don't want him to fail because I don't want American people to fail. I don't want the economy to fail. I, I don't want this great nation to fail. I truly don't. And 
some people disagree with me for feeling that way. They feel like I should be anti-Trump. Like, I'm not. And, and I'm not because it doesn't serve any purpose to hate. Yeah. It uh, doesn't get you anywhere. One other observation, and this, this I think, falls in line with, with my generation here in America, the, the, the age I'm at, is our generation has a, has a hard time struggling with moving forward. They just wanna. They just wanna relish on what's happened and not what should happen. Um, and I have that conversation constantly with people, and it's just like they can't let go of it. And I, I don't understand that phenomenon. Why that's stuck in our society right now? Um, yeah. But you know, it's not. Like it's not Donald yeah. Trump who represents us. It's the office of the president who represents us. So if we support the office, then that in itself should be enough. And then you can disagree with whatever he does after that fact. But move forward. <laughs> I know. And, you know, another point that I made at the time as well, when there was big protests right after he became president, I sat there and I went, what are you protesting about? Because if you went out and voted, that meant you believed in the voting system, right? If you vote, that means you believe in the voting system. And if you don't get the results you were desiring, in my opinion... You have no reason to complain because you believed in the system. That's why you voted. And if you believe in the system, you must take the results. That's my opinion. Yeah. Again, I've had this discussion with some people, friends of mine, and some of them don't agree with me. And, you know, if Donald Trump declares war on Canada because Justin Bieber said something bad about him, <laughs> then, yeah, you need to get out and protest. But if all you're protesting is the fact that he became president, yeah. then that's not really a protest because you believed in the voting system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, who am I? I'm just an immigrant. Who am I uh, to give my opinion on this? No, you know, I, I'm one of, I think I'm one of the few people right now that w- I want to hear what somebody from outside looking in thinks because, you know, I've looked back on some of the things that's happened the last couple of years in our country, and it's just embarrassing. It's so I'm like, I'm like, how did this happen? How did we get to this point? How do how is this allowed in our society to be this way towards each other? Um, and it just, you know, the rest of the world is always looking at us. And right now they're not looking at us very favorably. And I don't blame them. I mean, it's just my well, two cents. But here's the thing as well. On a daily basis, right? I, I love my routine on a daily basis. How many people do you come in contact with? Like every day, do you stop off at a gas station and see the same people every day and grab your coffee from the same guy? Like how many people would you say that you interact with on a daily basis that you come in contact with? I would say at least 50. Okay. So out of those 50 people, how many of them are you nice to? All of them. Okay. Would whose president ever influence how you act with people? No, absolutely not. Why are we putting so much emphasis on who the president is? Or maybe some people think that's a stupid way of looking at it, but whoever is president will never stop good people from being good people. Yes. What's really important, and the only way to truly represent yourself as an American, is how you act every day when you come in contact with other people. That's what really matters. Yep, yep. And hey, I love that. I love what you just said right there. That is, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, Just... It's that old saying: treat others as if you would like to be treated. That—that's the golden rule, right? But that's what's going to keep America together. There's yeah. too much. There's too many people dividing each other over stupid things, and I see people on Facebook saying, "Oh, well, had to unfriend people." I see they were posting something in support of Trump. 
are you serious? Like, one of my favorite things in the world is when somebody has a different opinion to me. Yes. I absolutely love it because I will sit. What, what happened to debating? Has that become a thing in the past? <laughs> it like, feels like are it. We no, are we no longer allowed to debate? It's all just people getting butthurt over everything now and getting offended. Like, ugh, put on a diaper, you baby. Like, stop it. Like, I love sitting down and having a conversation with someone. And you know what? If they don't agree with me, I like a healthy debate, but I'll be friends with them because they were honest enough to tell me their true opinion. Yeah. Yeah, man. Anyway, sorry, I'm ranting now. Wow. No, 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 no. This is great. See, this is why I I knew I would not be disappointed with you coming on the podcast because this is what uh, we're having kind of somewhat of a debate right now. I mean, you know, sort of. I mean, I think we agree. Both of us agree. But, you know, you have a very different background than where I come from. And to hear somebody else who is completely different than I am um, say those things, that that makes me hopeful for the future. If we could have more good people <laughs> like you and other Americans who, who, who act and feel the way you do, I think we can move forward. And hopefully that's going to start sometime soon because uh, I'm tired of hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of it too, and yeah. I just wish people would move on. And you know what? Criticizing the president has already proven that it's not going to get him anywhere. And it's it's like in everyday life. And I was talking on an Irish radio show recently, and I asked the host something, and I'll ask you as well. Do you, as an individual, respond well to criticism? Like you don't really, right? Like no one really likes being criticized in a negative way, do we? Like no one really does. Well, of course, I don't like it, but I do want to hear it. No, you like constructive criticism. You like people saying to you something, but doing it in a way that you know they're doing it because they're trying to make it better. They're yes. trying to make the scenario better. But when people just criticize you or they're out to get you, it makes you want to put up your wall and it makes you want to say, "Hey, I don't want to do anything. I don't even want to talk to this person." Right? You, it yeah. makes you defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Why should Why should Donald Trump be any different? You know, I've actually said that to a few people. I said, you know what? You may not like what he's doing, but he is also a human being. He has uh, he, he whether we see him or not, he has feelings too. And maybe sometimes we just need to st- take a step back and just realize that this is who Donald Trump is, and. Let him be him. I mean, you elected him full well knowing that he was this way. Why can that not be accepted now? <laughs> and I don't, want to sound, I don't want to sound manipulative when I say this, but in order to get people to do things for you that you want them to do, okay, this is manipulation, in order to get them to do what you want them to do, you must understand their personality and you must adapt to that and you must utilize their personality in a way that gets you the results you want, you cannot sit there criticizing them, expecting them just to change because you want them to. Yeah, and that yeah. goes from people you work with in the office right up to the highest office in the state, in the nation. It's, and it's the same for everyone. So I think it's about time people, for want of a better phrase, manipulated Donald Trump and, and got what they wanted out of him instead of just criticizing him, which obviously doesn't get you anywhere. So let me ask you this. Let's, sh- let's change wheels here real quick. And then we'll okay. wrap things up. You know, uh, how long have you been in America? How many years now? Two and a half years. Okay, two and a half years. Uh, in that two and a half years, what over? And I'm not talking just radio. Overall, what has been your favorite moment in our country? Oh, like like that you've experienced. Like you've gone somewhere, you've done something. If there's something that stands oh. out, what would that be? Easter Sunday in 2015. Interesting. 
Um, I had only been here about six months at the time. And I was invited. I lived in Nebraska and I was invited to go to Mount Rushmore for Easter Sunday morning mass. And it was like an Easter rising. And I sat there. And have you ever been there? I've been to Mount Rushmore, yes. So you know the way they've got like the tiered kind of concrete seating? It's almost like you're in Notre Dame Stadium. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're sitting on the concrete. I was sitting there and there was a mass and it was beautiful. And the sun rose. And as the sun rose, it rose on the president's faces. And I just thought to myself, wow, I can't believe I'm at Mount Rushmore. I'm now living in the United States and I'm living my dream. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment. That was my. That was probably the highlight. Um, it was just really, really spectacular. You know, when you get to, when you hit those moments of your life, it is somewhat surreal. It, it makes for me when I experience things like that, uh, it makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck, literally. Uh, yeah, it was just. It, it was a very godly moment, and I know that there'll be some people listening to this who may be atheist or don't believe i i do believe and for me it was just one of those very like spiritual nice moments that i had and there was just something very special about it albeit freezing but it was beautiful that's good to hear man well irish dave we're going to wrap things up thank you so much for coming on my podcast you're going to be back at some point i'm going to make you come back (laughs) part two part two Um, after after the proposal after, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you to that. That's actually a great idea. I like that. I like that right there. So, really quick, it's free plug time for you. Free advertising for Irish Dave. Tell everybody listening now how they can get a hold of you, where they can find you, what you're doing, and what opportunities you're looking for now that you've moved into a different direction. Hey, well, you can follow me at I am Irish Dave on most social media, or just search Irish Dave. But you know what? I, I, I'm all good with the plug, man. Whatever is going to happen in the future is going to happen, okay. uh, except for the fact that if Todd Kavanaugh from B96 in Chicago is listening right now, feel free to reach out. No, I'm just kidding. But I might have to know, tag him now. <laughs> yeah, tag Todd Kavanaugh and Eric Bradley. Yeah, tag yeah. the two of those guys. Now, look, I've done a little bit of work recently with B96, and, and they know of me, but it's all good. But now I'm just I'm really happy to be here in this country. I'm very fortunate for everything that I've been given so far. For me success is waking up happy every day right now i'm waking up happy every single day so i'm successful so whatever's going to happen in the future will happen and i just thank god every day that i get to do radio i absolutely love it i just hope that programmers out there encourage their hosts to come out of their shell do some great radio and just connect with the audience and always remember that no matter what we do with advertising with promotions with music the greatest gift we have is connecting with our audience and let us use that wisely. So all the young radio people listening right now, take notes on what he just said right there. And I think someday you and I will be working together on something again. So I really hope so. And yeah. you know what? We always talk about, we always sit down and brainstorm. And this is the last thing I'll say. We sit down and we brainstorm about how do we make ourselves relevant to the audience? What are we going to do that will make the audience connect or like me? One word and this word, remember it forever, because this is the one thing that makes people connect with other human beings. Honesty. Yeah. That's the one word. Yeah. Be honest. Be honest with yourself and be honest with others. I mean, that's really, it's really that simple. There's no gray area with that. Just be honest. And that's not to say you can't elaborate on the truth to make things more exciting. But I'm just saying, be honest, because as soon as you go on air and you start being yourself and be honest about it, 
people connect to that. Even if they don't like it, they connect to it because they can understand it. Okay. Well said. Irish Dave, thank you so much for being here on the Live One Radio podcast. Dude, I hope you some have, have some big internet upload speed because this is going to take forever. <laughs> it will. <laughs> okay, we'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Thanks for listening. Find the Live One Radio podcast available on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play Podcasts.